Geeks in the Dark. Hey, what's up? It's Mai Yang from Mix in the Dark. Thanks for tuning in today to listen to my podcast. I have three stories for you. All of them are stories involving children. They are older stories, so I don't know about you, but I tend to find older ghost stories to be creepier. I'm keeping this intro short because you're here for the stories, not my rambling. Please remember that these stories are true and happened to real people. Let's continue to be respectful of each other's experiences. Please enjoy the Lost Children Stories. Story 1 She Took the Baby's Spirit I'm about to tell you a story about how my mom lost her last son, my little brother. This happened in Thailand back in 1987. In Thailand, farmlands are a few miles away from residential areas. Most people didn't have cars to transport themselves, so they would wake up a few hours early, usually before the sun rises, in order to get to their farm area. The whole family usually goes together. Back then, many families were poor and relied heavily on farming to get food and money. There were no babysitters. Oftentimes, People would carry babies on their backs all day while farming, or they would rely on an older sibling to babysit while at the farm. On this particular day, my mom was carrying my little brother on her back. We were heading home. My mom felt a little tired since she had been carrying my little baby brother all day, so I told her that I would carry him the rest of the way back. My family decided to stop at a crossroad so that they could put my baby brother onto my back. My mom carefully unwrapped the traditional Hmong baby carrier, or Dainya, and took my baby brother off of her back. She slid him under her arms without putting him onto the ground first and lifted him up to be put on my back. As my mom fixed the baby carrier on me so that it would hold my baby brother, my dad decided to start walking first. As he walked, he noticed two sets of footsteps. One set was the size of a newly born baby. The other was a bigger pair of footsteps like an adult's. The footsteps looked like it started at the crossroad where we were resting and continued through the path. My dad didn't think much of it. He thought that they were just probably old footsteps of people walking. It was probably a few hours before my family finally got home. As soon as we got home, my baby brother started to behave differently. He wasn't his usual calm. Granted, he's a baby and babies would cry when they're hungry, hurt, or uncomfortable. But my baby brother couldn't stop crying. We couldn't figure out what was wrong. My brother cried so hard that his face actually started to turn blue and purple from the lack of oxygen. We were all very scared and concerned. My parents decided to call my cousin to come perform a cultural ritual and reading for my baby brother. My cousin was older and is a shaman. A shaman is a respected individual in the Hmong community that performs cultural rituals to heal a person or family. 
During the ritual, he was able to see that a demon spirit took my baby brother. In Hmong, we call this particular demon Bonzong. Many have said that a Bonzong usually appears in the form of a little girl or older lady. Those who have seen this demon spirit mentions that it usually has long, tangled black hair, bented hands and fingers, feet turned backwards, vertical eyes, and a deformed face. It is usually associated with another demon that the Hmong calls Juhia. Juhia is a powerful demon man who can transform himself into a tiger. It is said that his powers are so strong that he can wake up the dead or take the living to make them his follower. The shaman explained that the Bonzong has taken my little brother and that there was no way to get him back. His soul was already gone. Let me stop to explain that it is a cultural belief that every human has a soul. If it is taken away or scared away, the person will become very sick and will die if their soul does not come back. My mom thought to when she forgot to put the baby on the ground before giving it to me to carry. There is a superstition that when you do this, a bonzong can intercept your child and give you a dummy to replace his soul. My dad also thought back to when he saw two pairs of footprints. They must have belonged to my brother and the bonzong. It was just too close of a connection to be a coincidence. Both my parents were sad that they lost their son, but angry at themselves because they were so careless. Just like that, we lost my baby brother forever. There are some superstitions that you should know about so that this doesn't happen to you. First, the worst place to take a rest is at a crossroad, where the paths cross each other. It is said that this is where the dead and the living travel to meet. This is where the most paranormal happenings take place. Second, you cannot hand the baby on someone's back and give it to another's back directly because a demon spirit can intercept it. The proper way to do this is to put the child on the ground first and rest for a few minutes before putting it on someone else's back. Third, you cannot hand your child to someone if you're standing on the inside of the door and handing it to someone on the outside door or vice versa. Like the crossroads, that door space between the inside and outside is believed to hold a portal to the spirit world. If there is a demon spirit around, it will attempt to intercept through the portal door. Lastly, I want to leave you with this. Ghosts are lonely, so when they see a chance, they will try to steal vulnerable victims to be with them. Story 2. Evening Lullabies When my family and I first moved to Minnesota from Thailand, I was only 8 years old. We lived in the project homes in West St. Paul. My mother would always tell me to go home before the sunset because we lived next to an old lady who was going crazy. The entire neighborhood called her insane. I thought that was very mean of the adults. At night, 
I could hear her singing her grandchild to sleep. I didn't think that was crazy at all. Every time I heard a baby cry, she would sing and the baby would stop crying. I enjoyed listening to her sing Twinkle Twinkle Little Stars and the alphabet song in broken English. Sometimes her singing even lulled me to sleep. My window stares into her bedroom and sometimes I see her rocking and lulling a wrapped baby in her arms to sleep and feeding the baby with a bottle. She must have been a great grandmother because I rarely hear the baby cry. I didn't see this grandmother outside very often, but sometimes when I'm walking home from school, I would see her standing by her living room window carrying a baby on her back. One night, I couldn't sleep and heard the grandmother having an argument. She was too upset, so I didn't hear the other voice over this grandmother's loud voice. I think her daughter asked her to go babysit the other grandchildren. The grandmother replied, I refuse to go. I have another child to watch. The grandmother was yelling because she didn't want to leave her grandchild to watch other children. She loved her grandchild. I started to hear the baby cry because of the argument. I looked through my window and saw the grandmother picking up the baby, singing, and rocking and talking to the baby. The baby was giggling, laughing, and it fell back to sleep. The next day, as I was walking home from school, I saw a whole bunch of cop squads outside of her house. I walked inside our house and overheard my mom talking to my aunts about how they finally took her. My mom was telling my aunt about how sad and depressed the grandmother next door had been since everyone died around her and that she outlived her family. She was not able to have any children and her husband died right after she moved to America, so she was really alone. The grandmother lived alone next door. She would wrap her old moan clothes into the shape of a baby and pretend to cry like a baby, talk like a baby, and even laughed and giggled like a baby. The grandmother will even sing and rock the bundle of clothes in her arms back and forth pretending to feed the baby, then put the baby to bed. My mom went on talking about how the grandmother also likes to carry the bundle of moon clothes on her back like a baby and have a conversation with the bundle of clothes. According to my mom, last night the grandmother had an argument with her dead family members because the grandmother did not want to die yet. She still wanted to be with the bundle of moon clothes that she calls her baby. The grandmother cried so loud about how she didn't want to die that my mom could hear her but her dead family forced her to wear moon clothes and she drowned herself in the bathtub. The police knocked on our door and questioned if my dad called 911 because they received a call from our house. My dad said no. The police also questioned my dad if he knew why she was holding onto a bundle of moon clothes and why she would wear moon clothes and drown herself. Culturally, when someone is close to death, the family will dress the person in their moon clothes given to them on their wedding day to send them on their journey. In this case, the grandmother dressed herself in moon clothes as a sign that she was committed to go. That night, I was scared to sleep. I asked my sister to sleep with me. 
After she fell asleep, I started to hear a baby cry. Then I heard the usual lullaby song, Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, being sung and then after that, I heard a baby laughing and giggling. Story 3 The Black Magic Curse Kakong is the name for Hmong Black Magic. We have probably all heard of someone in our family who dabbled in black magic. My family is no different. When I was younger, my dad told me about an uncle who refused to come to America. My dad said that this uncle was very powerful with black magic and could do a number of things that puzzled the mind. To family members, he was kind, loving, and generous. However, my dad said that he was feared by outsiders. In Laos, he supposedly used his black magic to get revenge on many people he considered enemies. The danger, though, is that anyone who dares to use black magic must eventually pay a price for that power. Before the war, my uncle decided that he wanted to start giving up his black magic powers. A missionary had come to his village and taught about the love of Jesus Christ. My uncle was very intrigued and began listening and learning more. Very quickly, he accepted Christ and he brought his entire family to Christ. My uncle's black magic demons were not pleased. Because my uncle's faith was new and not very firm yet, the demons seeked revenge on his family for converting to Christianity. Three of his children died within a couple of years due to various illnesses. Their deaths were hard on him. He became very angry and embittered. Rather than hold firm to his faith, my uncle returned to the old ways and continued to practice his black magic. Years later, Laos fell and my uncle and his remaining family fled to Thailand. There, he refused to come to America. He was content to stay in the camps. In the mid-90s, my parents returned to Thailand and visited the camps. My dad said he had a wonderful visit with my uncle. He was still as kind and welcoming to my dad as he had ever been. Two years after my dad's visit, my uncle began seeing things. Apparently, his demons began betraying him. Other demons that were kept at bay are now haunting his dreams. At night, he would see shadows and visions of horrific things. Dark children dressed in Hmong clothes would also come to him at night asking for food. My cousin arranged for a shaman to come heal my uncle. However, nothing worked. One day, my uncle believed that a demon was inside of him and that he needed to get it out. When no one was around, he took a very sharp knife and cut his own stomach open from one side to the other. When my cousin came home, he was laying on the dirt floor in a pool of his own blood, barely alive, but with all of his intestines strewn about him. My cousin kneeled down and held him. He whispered a few things. Then, he died in my cousin's arms. 
most of his children had come to America over the years. After his death, the ones who still believed in the old ways had terrible dreams about him and his demons. The ones who were Christians didn't dream about anything. The moral of the story is, don't mess with black magic. 